welcome to another episode of Into Your Life podcast with Natalie and myself, Lenka. We have a wonderful guest today for you and she has come in all the way from South Africa. She's from a place called Newcastle in South Africa, which is a really beautiful part of South Africa. And as some of you know, that's where I grew up, not in Newcastle, in South Africa. So it's wonderful to have somebody with a familiar accent. So do notice the accents. I'd like to welcome you to Hasina Patel. She is actually my yoga instructor. We met a year ago or over a year ago, and she has been making me do down dog and tree and cobra and all sorts of funny positions twice a week for the past 12, 14 months. And it's been really nice to have that time that I could commit to myself and just give myself those two days a week where I can just really just be in the moment. And this is something that I wanted to bring to you to really experience what is yoga? Why is yoga important? Of course, Hasina is an author. She's also uh, does a wonderful thing with uh, girls. I'll get her to explain that. She does so many other things, a lot of um, spiritual things. She reads Akashic Records. But I'm going to let Hasina explain all this. But today we're going to talk a lot about yoga and, and the benefits of yoga. Lenka also has Hasina as her yoga instructor. So can't you see how, how the world is a really small place? But enough about that. Welcome Hasina and please introduce yourself and ex explain it a bit better than I have about what it is that you do. Everything else that you do other than being a yoga instructor. Ah, oh, thank you so much, Natalie. And it's such a great honor to be on um, this podcast um, that you and Lenka have created. Um, so both of you, thank you so much. Um, to answer your question, uh, so I'm a healing breakthrough coach. And as you said, author, speaker, and Akashic Records reader and teacher, um, and yoga instructor, poet, peace builder, and then I also am co-founder with my sister of a foundation called Leave No Girl Behind International, where we empower girls through leadership. So to pick up on the thread that you were talking about yoga, um, it, it may seem uh, that it's so disparate. Um, some people think of yoga as mind, body, spirit. Some people think of, of it as exercise. Some people think of it as both. And I, of course, think that it's so much the whole package. And um, I'll talk about why, but um, I feel that yoga is such an integral part of healing. And I don't call it healing from, it's healing to. We're Healing is a natural process of life. So we're healing to our next level, our next evolutionary level, we could say. And... Um, Yoga is just a way of doing it. And at its very basis, as we go to the healing to all of us start off with stress. And so I think um, one of the basics is it helps you to unstress. A lot of people say that. So what got you started with yoga? Uh, and what, 
made you or inspired you to become a yoga instructor you know it's one thing going to classes and doing yoga but it's another thing actually becoming a yoga instructor so what sort of guided you down that path interesting story so the very first yoga class I went to was because a friend said to me go to the gym and um I said, well, I've never been to a gym. I don't know if I feel comfortable. I mean, I'm the the proverbial kid who grew up, like academics were my thing, right? Um, I I was always considered um, someone who achieved in that realm and specifically English. So I wasn't too into sports. And when I participated, because at school sports was compulsory and it's just a good thing to do, then I would always be the kid who came last. (laughs) And you would never say, I was born with a club foot. So, you know, those little things that you take for granted between um, being born and say four years old, those little physical developments, mine were a little different. Um, And I had some surgery on my foot to correct it so that I could walk normally and so on. Um, Going from there, So sports was never my thing. And I think it was the mindset in a way because nobody expected sports to be my thing and I didn't expect it to be my thing. And um, growing up, I took my place where I thought I belonged, which was usually last place or second last in any kind of physical um, achievement competition. Uh, So as an adult... um, when a friend said, go to the gym, just try it. And I did. I'm open to new experiences. And I went with my sister, Shamima. So we both go on the first day. And she says, I want to attend yoga. I'm not going by myself. So I go, okay, fine. I'll go with you. Attended the first yoga class. And I said to my instructor, you know, it was very like, I, I like some of the jumping around classes. And she said, well, you know, she, she she's a bodybuilder. My instructor's a bodybuilder. And she said, well, you, you know, it's good to have a mix of both. And, you know, just come for the next yoga class, see how it goes. And I did. And somewhere along the way, I got hooked. And it was seldom that I miss a class when I do something I'm committed. Um and when I, so, so I was progressing slowly, but I still took my place as being somewhere on the end of the pack. Like this person can do the headstand. I'll never be able to do it. And at a point I found myself doing things that I couldn't do before. And I said, uh, at, I, I said to my yoga instructor, I can't even touch my toes unless I bend my knees. I can't do a forward fold like that, like some people can. And she said, it will take time. It will come as you practice. And I didn't really believe that too much, but I did practice. And I started finding some surprises, started finding myself more stretchy and that if I were to choose an exercise, yoga was my thing. I learned how to do a handstand and um, then she started pushing me and I enjoyed that because I was getting to new levels until I was one of the most advanced people. And I remember um, she said to me, well, well, why don't you just take this class? I'm going to be away. And I was, 
I thought, okay, I suppose I could do that. And um, I decided, I said to her one day, I'm thinking of going for certification to be an instructor. And she said, I was going to tell you to do that. And that's when I started uh, taking classes and um, to be an instructor. And I did, I got certified. So when I start teaching yoga and people say to me that, oh, I can't do this or I can't do that. I can say with conviction that you will be able to, there's nothing you can't do. If it can happen for me, anyone can do it. One of the really nice things about yoga is it doesn't matter when you start, whether you're in your 20s or 50s or even 60s, because it uses your own body strength that you can build up, you can you just do what you can do and it, and you can have people of different levels or different fitness levels in a class because it doesn't matter if not everybody can stand for five minutes on one leg or not everybody can hold the down dog in the same length of time because it is about just what you can do as an individual and this is something that I really love about yoga it is very much about the individual person and not everybody being in the exact same place at the same time I mean I know that there's some days where I do I moan at you and I say you're killing me and you just <laughs> laugh or other days it seems easier because it just depends on how we are in those moments in our body and this is something that the gym never brought for me whereas yoga does the gym it was you know, you do those reps, you do that certain speed, and it is push, push, push. But yoga, you can do when you're feeling energized, but you can also do it slower when you are feeling a bit tired and just taking those slower moments. And this is something that I I really do enjoy from, from what yoga can give you. I love that you said that, Natalie. And um, Natalie Lenka, you both know that uh, when when I'm teaching yoga, I sometimes do the breathing, and um, it's it's as important, and it it exercises your exercises your body as much as the jumping around and the pushing through and so on. And it's so important, I find, to listen to one's body. Most people get started in yoga classes, and um, I can talk from experience that um, you're not really listening to your body. You just, um, with most exercise classes, you're used to being told, this is what you do, this is how you do it, this is the technique, and um, these are the muscles that you've got to work. And with yoga, it's exactly the same however you're listening to your body and everyone's built differently so as you said Natalie we're we're all doing things in a different way some of us have longer arms some of us have shorter arms some of us have you know whatever um so we do things in a way that we can do that which just means you find a different way to do it um, what I really love is when you're listening to your body, you know when your body is tired and when you need to push through. And I'm an, I'm a big believer of pushing through because I know the results one can get. Um, it's beyond one's own knowing, beyond one's own current mindset. You find yourself 
being able to just push through to the next level mindset that, yes, I can. You know, this is this is how I think of myself now. I never thought of myself like that before. So I'm a big believer in that. But I also feel there are times when, um, for example, if your hamstrings are really stiff, don't overstretch them and injure yourself. Um, and I believe that one can just say, okay, what can I do in this moment? My hamstrings are stiff. And how can I um, just exercise them a little so that I can push a little, but I'm listening to my body. And it's the same with the breathing. A lot of it is an indication also. Um, if, if you're not breathing deeply and you usually breathe deeply in yoga, you've got to ask yourself why. And just, am I stressed? And if so, where do I feel the stress? Is it weighing down? Because usually we have these signs in our body. Is it weighing down on my chest? Or is it um, in my stomach or in my throat? Where do I feel the stress? And how can I um, relieve it in this moment? And that's one of the things that I love because you're able to do so many in the moment things where it makes a difference right now. You mentioned being in the moment, and I know that um, sometimes as you're giving the yoga instructions, um, I'm a little bit behind or I've gone on ahead because I'm not really listening. I'm not really being in the moment, and I sort of can guess or sometimes know what the next move is. But one thing I do find is the balancing exercises. So the tree is, is one that that we often do. And it is, you have to be in the moment because if you let your mind wander, um, that's when I'm sort of, you know, toppling over and <laughs> losing my balance because you, there is that need to, to, to be sort of focused on what you're doing, focus on the breathing, looking in one point and just feeling what, what's going on, what's happening. And I know you can go from tree to to standing pigeon and again it when you're moving balancing on on one leg it you do need to be thinking about what are you doing how does this feel because if you start going off for oh well there's my to-do list oh I need to do this the laundry needs to go and when you start doing that that's well when I start to lose my balance I start to find that I've lost my focus and I get I get lost both in my mind but also physically. And this is something that in yoga I have found there's those moments where, yes, my mind can go off and occasionally you've got to bring me back and just make sure that <laughs> I'm doing the right thing. But also there is those times when I really do need to focus and it's it's having to make that conscious effort. It's like, no, focus, Natalie, focus. You know, you, you are standing on one leg. Check that where you're looking what are you doing? And it's really bringing in that focus so that the, my mind is not going off into the, I need to do this, I need to do this, and da 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 da, da. And it's a nice way to, to quieten the mind down. So I like how you mentioned it's about being in the moment. And I think this is something that yoga brings. It brings times when you almost can be letting the mind wander, but then there's also the times where you really just need to bring it in and be in that moment. 
Oh, well, I, I just wanted to laugh out loud when you started saying that. And I'm glad I, I wouldn't have said anything about your yoga, but I'm glad you did because now I've just um, established in my mind a new technique. So if we do lots of balances, then you know your mind's been wandering and I, I'd like you to be in the moment. <laughs> but that is so true. Um, and and I find that there are people um particularly who are the you know the mind is so active the whole day that um i always remind my students that look this is your time there's nothing to do right now there's no one to worry about in this moment it's just you and you focusing on you and i think particularly I mean, with everyone, but to, particularly with women, it's Women's Day in South Africa tomorrow. Um, but uh, women tend to focus so much on everyone else. And this is a stereotype. It's not for everyone. But um, that often I, I like to remind them that, OK, this is your time because this is the only time that they may get for their day for themselves. And um, sometimes people don't um, make time to meditate. Hey, I've been guilty of that. I do make time for myself every day. But yoga is the one place that you can. You can't balance on one leg when, you're, when your mind is wandering. Or at least you have to have great skill to do that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that is such um, a great point where you can be still. And um, as much as yoga is exercise, it's also developing that stillness of mind, training your brain. And um, how I love to do it with students is normally if we're doing a side bend, for example, and we're in mountain pose and we go to side bend to the right, normally I take it to the right first because most people are right-handed. I'm left-handed, but um, it's just... A, a way that most people um, go they go to the right first um, and yet there are times when I'll go to the left first and it's to break the routine it's a great brain training exercise to say what can I listen to in the moment and that's why it's good for kids as well where they can actually um, you know when I was at school we used to have these listening comprehensions where you listen to a story being read and then you have to take the most important points from it and it's like that you listen to the pose being cued in yoga and instead of thinking oh I know what we're doing now we're going into the next pose which is forward fold or back bend because that's the way you you usually do I love to mix it up and not even on a conscious level because um it just comes and I, I'm doing it. And I love to watch what students do because at some point you discover, oh wait, I'm not, I'm I'm not what I'm not following the cue. And you've got to come back to center and say, okay, I'm right here. Let's follow the cue. Um, which is one of the things that I love. So I love that at the beginning you kind of mentioned that you always been a little bit more intellectual, that you really focused on, you know, the brain smarts and that maybe the physical part wasn't as prominent. 
um, at the beginning and that's definitely something that I'm working on too. For me definitely the intellectual stimulation, looking at things that I want to learn and grow are on the forefront of my mind and then the physical then the body related stuff kind of often fell behind because again lots of messages that I got throughout my life that yeah I'm not so sporty I'm not so gifted I'm a little bigger so I'm all those things I would like to ask you like how do you then find a balance in focusing and growing and improving your physical your body your physiological your embodied experience where instinctively we might want to focus on improving our strengths doing things we already know we already enjoy we find more natural for me it's learning new things learning new languages doing things intellectually reading books and i will always prioritize them and i will always find time in my day to do that and when it comes to things like physical activity no matter how much i know how beneficial it is i do enjoy doing it there's something still a voice in my mind saying you're not sporty enough you're not a runner you're not a yogi this is not for you just just focus on the books so what advice would help you aside from just really getting hooked but what advice you would give to other people who might be feeling like just the physical things doing with my body are not my thing so I'm rather focused on the things I'm already good at I'm enjoying rather than delving a little bit too deep into my weaknesses and opening that kind of worms that's such a great question Linka um because a lot of us have that and what I what I would say is bring it all together and I'll I'll explain that now. Um, you know, when we we compartmentalize things, um, we compartmentalize uh, looking after our body, like keeping our immunity up, and then the physical activity is something else, and the um, mental stimulation, like you said, something else, hobbies, you know, another compartment. And I'd say bring it all into one. So it's really not a matter of the things you do because you're one person. Um, so it's bringing it all into a matter of self. Um, who am I and how can I be my deepest truth? And in my healing breakthrough coaching, I always talk about unbecoming what you're not and um, uh, aligning with your deepest truth. So as you get to know yourself, and even if you don't, because a lot of people... Um, haven't had that opportunity or haven't delved into getting to know themselves um you know the strongest things about yourself that you like to do like Lenka, you know you that you love books you um you know intellectual that kind of thing so you know how about bringing yoga into that um here's here's a an example um uh, my partner when he is on a phone call um where people can't see him he may be doing a stretch you know like stretching his leg um now you one would say okay this is yoga time but yoga can come into everything um I, and i've said this um to natalie as well you know those of us who work at a computer and we're sitting down a lot well why not 
um, go into wide leg straddle. And instead of sitting, just standing in wide leg straddle for a little while while you're busy. So that way you're doing what you love. You're not compartmentalizing. When you're watching TV, you know, a lot of people and, and TV gets a bad rap, but it doesn't matter whether um, you're watching whatever is entertaining or if you're watching Gaia TV and you're learning something spiritual, whatever it is, you can be doing yoga poses, doing seated forward folds, um, you know, busy uh, with maybe half Lord of the Fishes or something, whichever pose that you feel you want to practice. And guess what? When it's a pose that you don't particularly like, I used to dislike seated forward fold. And now you probably wouldn't say that because that's what I cue <laughs> a lot of the time. But my hamstrings were very tight. My, my calves were very tight. But what I used to do is I'd do a seated forward fold while I was watching two minutes of TV. Two minutes of TV takes a lot of concentration. So you're focusing on the TV while you're doing this. And the one thing you might just be focusing on is, okay, core tight, rib thigh connection, right? And once you're in the pose, you're breathing. And now you're looking at what's happening on TV, which may be a lot more pleasant for some people than saying, I think I should practice these stretches. So I'd say, bring your yoga into everything. When you're stressed, whether it's to do with business or anything else, notice that your breathing may be a bit shallower. You may even be holding your breath. So start breathing deeply. Do some yogic breathing. Um, if you're really stressed or supposing your kids are stressed before exams, in the morning while they're having breakfast, say to them, well, put down your breakfast quickly. We're going to do some bumblebee breath. And it's funny when you let out the sound of a bumblebee as you breathe out. I mean, who doesn't feel that that's funny? And it immediately releases stress. So that's my long version to say, uh, bring your yoga into everything that you do. So you don't actually notice that. And that voice in your head that says, I'm not sporty, I don't do this. Um, it gradually starts dissolving because you're not competing with anyone. Um, you, it's not a competition. We can't compete to say, well, my arms are longer than yours and uh, my forward fold is better or whatever. No, we just do it in different ways. They're, they're equally good. We're not looking to the other person. We're looking to, well, you know, guess what? Yesterday I got into tripod. Today I'm getting into tripod and I can lift one leg up. You know, that's that's amazing. And then the next day, maybe you're in tripod and you can't do it. And you say to yourself, but I know I will be able to because I did it day before yesterday. So it's just bringing it in firstly to everything you do, your everyday life. And then secondly, looking at it through a different lens, changing your perspective on how you see it. And those voices in your head that are bringing you down will start dissolving. I love how you explain and show the examples of how yoga can really become part of our life because we're trying to find so many different ways of 
you know, bringing new things into our life and having more space to live our life, that sometimes we do tend to kind of overschedule ourselves, that we add all these things that we really want to be healthy, to be fit, to be smart, to improve this, to have fun. And it then feels like lots of chores that I have this class here and this class there and I have to do this and I have this habit that I want to build here. So actually kind of not obsessing about the purity of an exercise or a habit or an activity and really mixing them together to really still reap the benefits, be it the breath that can help you kind of calm down and get settled and be the stretches that you can do, as you said, at any time. But one of the things that you kind of touched on is the importance of mindset and kind of our inner dialogue. I would be curious to explore a little bit more in how do you work with the mind, because obviously you do so much more than just yoga, and I can imagine that the mindset and the inner dialogue and how we talk to ourselves and how we can notice the language and the conversations we are having with ourselves and how we can use that to improve, feel better, be healthier and again achieve what we want to achieve. So what are your kind of insights and what are your tips maybe on getting the mind to really not create obstacles for us but actually work better for us? I think that um, we have to get to a place where we're coming from the heart and if, if you're a linear person and you're not used to that terminology like coming from the heart and it sounds very woo-woo, you don't have to worry about that because it's just when I talk about being aligned and I, I, I use these terms, but you may not um, want to use these terms. Um, so you can actually look at when does it feel right for you? I mean, all of us have had that moment either during an interview or we're in a group of people where something comes out of us, like someone says something and some, some words come out of us. And suddenly after about 10 seconds, we're thinking, what on earth? You don't even believe that. Like, why are you saying that? What did you just say? Um, and you, you actually would love a do over just to be able to say, because say what you really mean, because you know the words that came out of you are not you. Like you'd never believe that, you know, you, you'd want to say, well, actually, I don't see it that way. And it's not, it's not even that you were consciously holding back or anything like that. It's um, to do with the fact that you weren't aligned, like you weren't in your heart, put another way, in a more linear way, that you weren't at the point where you felt true to what you believe. So we, we've we actually got to address that point. And it's it, if we are to alter our mindset, um, a lot of people talk about self-talk or, you know, saying positive things to ourselves and not negative things. Um, I feel that, yes, that is a technique, but I feel it's a very superficial um, standalone technique. We can't just say, like, if you say to yourself, uh, I'm a millionaire, but inside you believe I am not worthy of being that I am broke. It's not going to help to say it a thousand times um, because you're never going to believe it. So you could start off with a little step saying to yourself, well, 
I am in this world and I came in for a reason. And then you could say to yourself that um, I am worthy and I'm giving my body good food. This is just an, an example because I am worthy of it and I believe that uh, my body working right is part of how I feel worthy. So I don't believe that it's an in-the-moment thing. And I'll get into an in-the-moment technique that you, you could use. But I believe that it's something that you do every day on the scale that you can believe it. So if you're at this level, then you say something to yourself at this level. When you move to, to the next level, as you will when you start to believe that, okay, I am I am worthy. I'm worthy of good food. I am worthy of giving my mind what it needs. So you get to the next level. And then you can say, I am worthy of going after that, that job. Or I am worthy of um, getting those types of clients and not getting headache people who give me headaches <laughs> and you know you so you keep building on the worthiness level where you're at and it doesn't matter where you start there's no self-blame here like we all feel unworthy um in some arena of our lives okay so what happens so that's how you do it on a long-term level um now how do we do it how do we do the mindset thing in the moment so here's an example. A lot of people say when they get up in the morning, they start with a clean slate. If I were to feel stressed and I were to choose a time of day when I'm stressed, it would be when I get up. And for whatever reason, that would be it. So what do I do? Um, I mean, I don't have time to um, do all these things. Yes, I have a spiritual practice, which which I do. But what do I do in that moment to just feel good? And it's all about when we're talking about worthiness, it's how you feel inside. Do you feel good? That's all it is. And how can I feel better? So I go through, I teach the, the, the unbecoming system that I created. And that has five building blocks to build your self-worth, to build your alignment with your deepest truth and who you are. One of the building blocks is gratitude. Um, what are you grateful for this morning? And I'm not talking about a mental list, like I'm grateful for my family and for food and all the things you're supposed to say. You may not be grateful for your teenage child who disrespected you this morning. Really, you may not. But you know what? Maybe you're grateful at that moment for your heartbeat. And that's it. That's okay. Maybe you're grateful for your doggy who gave you a hug. And you just felt that, you know, you just melted and you said, oh, I needed that. You know, maybe you're grateful for, well, whatever it is. So I'll now wake up in the morning and if I'm feeling less than, less good than I'd like to feel, I would go into the gratitude and say, um, well, what am I grateful for this morning? I'm grateful for warmth and electricity because we in South Africa have been having load shedding power cuts. So I know how that feels. So in winter, this, this is what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for this wonderful feeling of my duvet on me. I'm grateful for um, 
this this thought of having a date with my partner tonight, even if it's over Zoom. Um, you know, all these little things. So um, whatever it is, and you must feel it, not just think it, because thinking does nothing. You connect when you feel. So that's the the first thing. And now if you think, well, I don't like the word grateful because I grew up in a, for example, religious environment and my parents always told me, be grateful. And now it has a negative connotation. Forget about the word grateful. Go into what what can I feel good about? What feels good to me? That's the same thing. It's just put another way. Okay, what feels good to me right now? Well, um, the fact that I'm listening to a piece of music I like, the fact that I'm listening to a meditation. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm just taking a sip of my tea. The fact that I remember to make tea before this interview. So whatever it is. And then, you know, also action steps that make you feel good. Like I have crystals. Yes, I'm a very woo-woo person, as they call it. And I love gemstones and crystals. Um, so I have my crystal next to me. But it doesn't matter whether it's a crystal or whether it's a, a cuddly toy that you love the feeling of stroking it, or, you know, maybe it's it's an ornament that your loved one gave to you that you have right next to you, or a photograph. You know, have those things in your space. And that helps, like you'd say, how does it help with mindset? It makes you feel better. When you feel better, then you can think about, um, you, you, you just, think in a more uh what would i say constructive way i really love the point of thinking of nothing that you really need to feel it because definitely one of the lessons i've learned along the way is that you kind of you can't think your way out of a panic attack you can't think your way out of not feeling good feeling obsessive thoughts feeling anxious which is lots of the things that people struggle with that there needs to be the element of our bodies being present. And I love how you're touching on the importance of kind of looking inwards, of listening to how we feel and almost relearning how we can sense to what is coming up from within, what our bodies are telling us and how to interpret those feelings. So could you tell us a little bit about how can maybe yoga or other things that you know can help us to really find this way of interception of listening to our body and why is it important and what it can actually do for us when we get to this point of really not only consciously thinking this is how I feel because these are the emotions that are coming up for me kind of rationally, logically, but we then can also recognize them within our body as physiological sensations. Oh, I, I just love this topic um, because we often, as much as we were talking about compartmentalizing, we compartmentalize our body, our mind, and whatever you want to call the other things, spirit, connection, anything you want to call it, your heart, your center. And... Um, we're one being. Imagine if we can harness all of that and we can just um, play to our strengths and come from the strength of mind, body, spirit. 
and um, however you interpret it. So let's use all of them. Um, and the one thing is that we live with our bodies every day of our lives. So if something is worrying us inside our bodies, um, what people would label as a health condition, um, they're thinking about that. And that causes worry in the mind. And um, just an example, here's a simple example. You go to a movie and this movie really touches you emotionally deeply and you start to cry. So here we have an emotional feeling that causes a physical reaction in your body. And then it, it kind of helps you, not helps you, but it causes you to think about um, whatever, whatever the topic was. And then you either cry more or you pull yourself together and say, I've got a business meeting to get to right now. So I'm going to put this aside. So your mind has that power. So I always believe that, you know, your heart, your center in a higher self, whatever God within, source within, whatever you call that part, that's your connection point. Um, and that's also the point at which you can take that feeling and say, well, how can I connect to feel really good and to feel really me? And then your mind has the power to be able to create the thoughts that you want to go into whatever situation you're going into next. And your body has the power to carry you there physically and to support that thinking of the mind and to support your connection. If you're feeling good in your body, then everything else um, feels better. If you If your body doesn't feel good, then you've got to bring the mind in and say, well, my mind is going to tell my body that it can do this. Um, so there's there's this um, connection where you can't do the one with the, without the other. And it feels good to um, bring all three together. Um, if people haven't had that connection and they're not consciously thinking of it, I'd say, well, Let's let's scan your body, especially when it comes to yoga. Sometimes I do a, an exercise where I'll say, okay, let's start breathing. And we'll go um, into a, a shavasana pose, which is lying on your back on the yoga mat. And I usually advocate back flat against the floor, against the mat, and um, every muscle consciously relaxed, which you may not be able to do. Maybe you don't feel relaxed, but... You can do it to a certain extent. And then you breathe. And I'd say if anything is feeling tight, then as you exhale, visualize yourself breathing or exhaling into the muscle um, to relax it. Because we all know when we, when we bring our fingers into a fist and we just bring them in, we're contracting those muscles. And then as we relax them, and if you find yourself contracting, there's usually um, an action, whether you notice it or not, of inhaling. You know, you never exhale when you're getting into a position to fight or to, you know, bring your fists in. You don't do that. Exhaling is normally with letting the air out. So what are we doing more of? Are we breathing shallowly? Are we inhaling? Are we exhaling and emptying ourselves ourselves of air 
And just these little actions are indications of how we're feeling. If you're breathing in a shallow way, like we discussed before, maybe you're feeling stressed. Um, so we can use these little things if your muscles are tense. Which muscle is tense? Have you been doing something with that muscle? Have you been doing like we've been doing yoga with weights lately? Um, so, you know, I know that, um, for example, if my um, trapezius muscle is a little sore, this is how I've been holding the weight. And then going into, have I been holding it the right way? And is this just getting to my next physical level? I usually get hungry when I'm getting to my next physical level and I allow that. So then I think I want to give my body good food. And a lot of people say, okay, drink so much water, drink eight glasses of water a day at least. And I would say that's right. We need the water. But <clears throat> instead of looking at supposed to's, let's tune into the body. How are we feeling? And if you haven't, if you haven't uh, had enough water, or what you consider enough, maybe you didn't notice you were thirsty. Why didn't you notice you were thirsty? Were you too stressed or too busy? Were you not tuning into yourself? So I just believe that's how you how you do that. And um, just going into things like. Meditation is another building block of the unbecoming system I teach. It's another one of the five. A lot of people find that, or they say that I can't meditate. I can't just sit there. There are so many different ways of meditating. You could do a journal meditation. Maybe you like writing. Just go to your journal and see what comes. And if nothing comes, then ask yourself a question and write down the answer. You're still taking your mind away from being scattered and having shiny ball syndrome and just getting into a focused place. And then as soon as you answer that, you can just give yourself a few breaths. And if you say, well, five minutes is too much, and it sounds laughable intellectually, but we say that to ourselves, like, it's too much. I just can't sit here. What about 30 seconds? What or what can I be grateful for in the next 10 seconds? What five things can I be grateful for um, to just get myself relaxed? So these are just little techniques where we can bring together mind, body, spirit, or whatever you want to call that part of you. And we can, um, you know, just allow ourselves to be. I had a pain in my neck for quite a while. Um, and I knew it was muscle knots in my neck. And I brought it to a point of saying, wait a minute, why are you creating this without any self-blame? How can we move forward? And the last thing I'll add about that is the overarching thing. When we tune into mind, body, and spirit, have an intention. What's your deepest intention? And I'd say your deepest intention could be, how may I move forward? How may I move into a better space? better better energy space or how may i just feel better there's so much that i would love to discuss with you I have so many questions and i would love for us to be able to then dive deeper into some of the other things that you do to explore more of the healing breakthrough coaching that you do and the other work that you do but for today let's stick with yoga and i would like for the last kind of a sec section for the last couple of minutes that we have 
if you could tell me what misconceptions about yoga you'd like to go away so it would allow more people to give it a try to lean in and kind of reap the benefits of yoga oh that's wonderful because people do have the ideas that we have in our minds about yoga so the first one is that um, yoga is not really exercise if you're serious about exercise you go for the gym and those reps on the machines and you sweat it all out let me tell you you can sweat in yoga and i have I used to joke with my yoga instructor and say, well, even if it's snowing, I'm just going to wear my tank top and a jacket because you're going to make us sweat anyway. <laughs> um, so that's the first thing. You know, one's body shape changes so powerfully if you're looking for that in yoga. Um, and I say that because I see my muscles getting stronger and um, I, I just feel, I mean, when when you're doing things like opening jars, which, you know, and I'm the sort of person who I empower girls. I've my whole life I've felt, well, yes, asking for help is a good thing, but I don't I don't want to go say, oh, let me ask a man to open this jar because he's a man. That really doesn't fly well for me. I do not believe that. I can open my own jars. And I love that. <laughs> And I love men. I have nothing against men. But the fact is, it's great to just feel that sense of strength. So the first thing is that um, I'd say if you're thinking that yoga is light exercise, well, try some of the poses. It's not light exercise. Um, a second misconception, if you're thinking that yoga is too difficult, that you have to be flexible, and if you don't look like the teacher in the picture or in the video, that means that um, you know you you can't do yoga. You know, when I started, I mean, doing a downward dog was hard. Like the one time I was doing a seated forward fold, and my instructor came over to me, and um, because of the type of person she is, and she's a very close friend, so I can say that this we we became friends. So that's when I first met her, and she said, um, "Some of you look like you're sitting on the beach." And she comes up to me and goes would you like a cup of tea? <laughs> because I just wasn't um, sitting in the posture I was meant to. So if you're feeling that it's too difficult, you can get there, you know. And she wasn't saying it to, you know, I felt the energy. She was saying, well, tighten your core, sit up with your back straight. It didn't come naturally for me. Fast forward. Many years, last year, I went horse riding with a friend, hadn't horse ridden since I was a child. And she said to my family and I, she said, oh, you three, you sit bolt upright on the horse. Most people are all slump, you know, they're slumping. We have, I have to tell them to sit upright. And I said, well, that's the yoga. So wherever you are, whatever level you're at, you can do it. Um, know that and know that whatever you believe about yourself, you will get better. You will. If you just um, keep keep at it, just keep doing the things that um, uh, that tighten those muscles you're supposed to, your glutes, your core, and you'll see the difference physically. And the third misconception is, oh, yoga is interrelated with religion. 
you know, particularly people would say yoga is integrated with Hinduism. You know what? If you want it to be, if that's what you're looking for, you will get that. And I can tell you that all spiritual practices, if you are spiritual, um, are related to being better. And, and a lot of them say your body is a temple or respect your body. It's all to do with that. And even though some of the, or all of the poses, it comes from that tradition. It comes from where the names of the yoga poses are originally in Sanskrit. When I learned yoga, I learned with no, no traditions, no spiritual anything involved, no cultural connections, because my teacher was teaching at a gym. And that specifically was um, asked of her that, look, you're teaching in a gym. There are people with different beliefs. Leave that part out of it. Um, the breathing, that um, yoga is all about breathing. And um, I really don't want to do that. Well, there's such exercise benefits to breathing. Even though you're doing simple breathing, you're exercising your core, which is your ab muscles. And you'll be, if you do that, firstly, you'll be unstressed. You'll be able to um see the difference physically in your ab muscles um, and you will be able to do things like when you're running after your child because they forgot something they meant to take to school and you're running outside to the car or to the bus to give it to them you'll see the difference um, and you'll be able to play with your children and be able to do activities which I think they'd love or maybe with your grandchildren they would love that um, so that's those are I think most of the misconceptions about yoga, I'm sure I'll think of others, but yeah. That's absolutely perfect. And I think it's a very lovely kind of a summary of what yoga truly is about and what yoga can really do for us, that it's such a broad and versatile and incredible kind of mixture of concepts that it's not just one thing and there isn't one right way of doing it. It's a growing and living and exploring kind of a thing so i really enjoyed the session today thank you so much for showing up showing up and spending this time and sharing your insights with us and if people want to work with you or find out more about you where would be the good place for them to go online to connect well firstly thank you and yes and that that connecting with me brings up another mis misconception that you have to do it in person neither you nor Natalie are doing it in person right we're doing it over zoom and one still gets benefits so doesn't matter what country you're in so if people want to connect with me about yoga or anything else they can connect with me at my email hello at hasinapatel.com or they can go to my website hasinapatel.com or they can even find me on Facebook or Messenger, um, which I think I'm Hasina Patel 5, um, but you'd be able to know the yoga pictures of me. My cover picture has some yoga and some, uh, some pictures of me speaking. Um, so that's how they can connect with me. And um, yeah, I always welcome new connections. I'm a people person and just love um, connecting with people over zoom or in person thank you so much Asina, for the time you took today thank you natalie for actually introducing me to Hasina and bringing her onto our podcast 
and there are wonderful listeners if you have any questions if there's anything that you would like to know about yoga how to get started how to improve how to implement it or anything around the topics that Hasina has touched on please do let us know we would love to hear about what you thought about this episode what are your opinions or experiences with yoga and what else would you like to learn so thank you so much everyone and hear you in the next episode thank you for listening are there any topics you would like us to cover if you enjoyed listening to this do subscribe and share into your live podcast.